commence primary ignition. Primary ignition. This is the way. This is the way. I can bring you in warm, or I can bring you in cold. What is up, all of you Ugnots and Jawas out there? And welcome back to yet again another episode of Mando Talk. This is the Book of Boba Fett after show where we do our spoiler discussion of the latest episode of the Book of Boba Fett. And this week we've got chapter two, the tribes of Tatooine. And joining me to discuss this lovely, lovely chapter is DJ Foster at Rebel Scum Texan on Instagram. Wait, are you on Instagram? Not I feel as, like you've told me this Scum before. Te- Twitter, yes. Twitter, Rebel Scum Texan. You can go find him there. What's up, man? <laughs> I'm doing great. I'm doing fantastic. Um, spoiler, right now, right off the top of the there show. There you go. <laughs> I am now a... I, my, my whole Twitter account going forward is mm-hmm. only dedicated... To the droid drummer of the sanctuary in Mos Espa. That's it. It's just now all of all things focused on the droid drummer. I want to know everything about him. I want to know or her. I don't know if it's a. I don't know which one it sure. is. But sure. either way, I mean, I'm all for it. As a as a drummer myself, my interest immediately whoop right through the roof when that dude showed up on screen twice, two episodes so far, and. It made me so happy. So if you are looking for anything uh, Rebel Scum, just know you're not going to get it. You're only going to get Droid Drummer from here on out. That's it. That's all I want to say off the top of the show. Except we got a couple people who already joined the chat are tried and true, just one of our our best fans. Mm -hmm. Rural Farm Boy, RFB as we like to call him around here. And then a newcomer I don't recognize, XDO12. What up, XDO? Is know. it Zado? Is it X pronounced like a Z, like Xavier? Maybe. Either way, Maybe. they have they have a full blown like review down here okay. in the comments. Love the yeah. episode. Wasn't sure they cared about the comics. Yeah, a lot of people feel that way sometimes. Um, and it's before we. I don't. I want to read it all, okay? Because we're gonna get deeper into the spoilers here in a minute. Yeah. All right. So, um, but but we'll come back to this comment. We yeah. need to make a mental note so we come back to this. Yeah, we definitely need to make note of that, and we'll come back to it. And I see you again, XDO12. You're dropping another great comment there in the chat. And listen, whoever's out there watching this live, drop your thoughts on Chapter 2 in the chat, and we will eventually read it. We will discuss it. Um, and yeah, let's just go ahead and do this thing. I can't wait to discuss this one. This is a loaded, an absolutely loaded chapter. I mean, last week it kind of felt like, and here at Mando Talk, we enjoyed the first chapter, but admittedly it was kind of a bit slower, but more character driven. So I think that's why we kind of appreciated it. But this week, man, I'm telling you, like the notes that I came up with here to kind of run through this episode, I was telling DJ before we went live, I just kind of felt like I just threw up on this little document that we have. And it's just so much stuff that we're going to hit. But listen, we're going to get through it together and let us know what you think of this chapter, regardless of what platform you're on YouTube, like I've already mentioned comments and chat, but listen, if you are on our podcast platforms, I haven't done this in a while, but check out our discord. Uh, I'm going to try to be more active on discord and communicate with you guys. Cause I want to know what you guys think of the book of Boba Fett. So right now, even tonight, I asked in our discord main channel, what are your thoughts on the book of Boba Fett two chapters in? If you're a podcast listener or if you're a YouTube watcher, viewer, whatever, go to that Discord. The link is in the description and tell us what you thought. Uh, we would love to hear from you, but let's not waste any more time. Let's get to our spoiler discussion. So again, like we always do, we start with the title. I've already mentioned it here at the top of this episode, but the title of chapter two was The Tribes of Tatooine, directed by Steph Green, written by, again, our boy, John Favreau. Now, like I said, The Tribes of Tatooine, anything there, DJ, that, that kind of struck a nerve with you or got you going when you saw those words pop out, pop up on the, on the screen first thing? 
it was early in the morning when I read it. Um, so seeing the tribes of Tatooine made me initially think we weren't going to do a whole lot of Tusken Raider stuff. Now, if you've seen the episode, you know, that's just simply not the case. Um, but for me, I really thought we were going to dig in more to some crime Lord stuff. Mm. Not, not so much like, cause if you really think about it, this episode was really dedicated to a flashback um more than present day a lot so of it for yeah me, I, oh yeah so i wasn't really thinking we'd do a lot with the tuscans but we did um but I, I, i'm anxious to know more i think about this particular tribe that boba has affiliated himself with more so than i have been up to this point so especially after seeing this episode so but as the title popped up i had really no thought other than okay maybe this is not tuscan stuff maybe it is more crime lord things yes yeah. okay yeah was. what about you when i saw it i thought immediately okay we're probably going to dig deeper into the the tuscan raider stuff but i thought that there was going to be some other type of tribe maybe introduced like another clan of tuscan raiders that's not quite what happened mm -hmm. uh we got another kind of tribe of a different type of species or alien or whatever you like to call them i don't care they were the pikes the Pikes showed up, and that was yes. super interesting. Uh, it was great to see. I him. was yeah. mind blown when I saw them pop up, and we'll definitely yeah. get to that moment whenever we start to do uh, our spoiler discussion throughout this entire episode. But let's go ahead and now shift gears. Let's go linearly throughout this episode, discuss kind of the opener, then the present day stuff, and then we will get to that flashback stuff. So the first thing that we yeah. see in this chapter, I think this is something that we called, is a direct just progression of Finnick bringing the Nightwind assassin to uh, Boba to mm -hmm. be interrogated. Uh, Boba and Finnick eventually, though, they kind of have this moment. It's pretty interesting. They send him to this Rancor pit because he's not sharing any information. And I tell you what, when this moment happened, I was on the edge of my seat because I thought I was like, OK, DJ might have called something. We're about to get some mm -hmm. rancor or maybe a new creature here. But then yeah. when it opens, it's just nothing. And while it opens, though, this Nightwind Assassin's freaking out. And he's like, listen, yes. um, yeah, OK, the mayor sent me. I don't want to die. Get me out of here. Great yes. moment, though. I loved the comedic moment of that. I, I died laughing when that happened. DJ, what did you think of the opener? I definitely thought we were going to get a new monster. Very sad that we have yet to get a new monster. Now my hopes, I feel like, of, of anything being down there have been dashed because let's let's really think about this. The Rancor has been dead at this point five, six years. Viv Fortuna clearly didn't replace the Rancor. Boba hasn't either. I'm starting to think we're not going to get a new monster down there, which is mm. sad. However, you and I both did say that Finnick was going to bring the Nightwind assassin back to the palace and be interrogated. You said he'd be thrown into the pit. I was thinking somebody else entirely was going to go into the pit. I never mm. even thought that it would be this guy when we talked about it on Tuesday. Um, well, maybe I thought about it, but I just didn't, I didn't expect it, you know? Sure. So yeah. the way that all played out was great. It was the perfect kind of humor. It was very, I felt it was very humor in the sense of empire strikes back mm. i felt like that was executed well in the similar style as the empire strikes back so up to this point you know i've really up to literally this point in the episode i'm, I'm really getting a lot of good feels from it yeah no and, and it started way faster that this go around yes, and, and i was immediately did. hooked and yeah, immediately after this, the next thing, the natural thing rolled. And I'm glad that the natural thing next just kind of rolled. I think they were sitting there at the at his throne and Phoenix, like, should we go and visit the mayor or something? And we're like, oh, yeah, let's go. Let's go and visit uh, this mayor. It was great well, that we went ahead and transitioned to that. Before that even happened, though, and they drop him into the pit. I never knew that's how the pit was triggered. I don't know how Jabba triggered it in Return of the Jedi or if somebody else did it. Oh, he mm. had it like, he kind of like punches it or something, right? So they've switched the mechanism down to the throne like arm rest. You know what? I think I need to probably watch it a third time to even catch that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I caught it just a minute ago. I was I got to watch maybe the first 15 minutes of, of the show today because I've only watched it once so far. So I haven't even gotten a second viewing yet. Mm -hmm. um, but with that being said, that happens and then as soon as the 
the trap door opens, then the actual like um, platform that the throne sits on moves forward. So I always thought watching Return of the Jedi, somebody was physically scooting it forward, but it's clear now that it's on some sort of a a belt or I don't even know. It's on some sort of mechanism. So I just wanted to throw that in there because I thought it was a nice touch. No, I, I that was I, a very cool touch. That's a great analysis. That's something that I completely missed. Uh, XDO in the chat mentioned something here kind of with our opener that I feel like we can go ahead and hit before we move on. He says the opening brought more questions than answers. Moochie is a rancor that Jabba got in the bad batch and is different than the one in episode six. Where is she now? That's a great question. XDO. I would love to know. That would be a fun answer. Maybe we'll have that answered in, in Bad Batch Season 2 later this year when it finally premieres. Hey, it would be something fun. I would like that. I would like that. All right, next part of Chapter 2, we are back in the streets of Moss Espa. And again, Boba is declining the whole litter idea. And I love that he's kind of sticking to it. But again, yes. it does kind of seem problematic to everybody else around him, though. And we might speak on that a little bit later because I kind of have a thought on that with a particular character. Maybe we'll see if I remember that mm, thought. But Boba and Finnick end up going and taking the Nightwind Assassin to the mayor. And I love, 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 love the way he forces himself in there he gets the major domo out of the way and again the major domo is crushing it at that role man i don't know why i'm loving his character so he's much so cool no i'm it, loving it, he's it. he's a new bib fortuna like a lot of people love bib fortuna from return of the jedi mm-hmm. and then and even when he was brought back just to be killed off i was like it's bib fortuna and i yeah. just thought that was awesome and then he was added to bad batch as well and now we're having this new Twilight character, the Major Domo, just kind of, yeah, Major Domo, and he's he's doing he's doing work. It's it's yeah. a cool thing, absolutely yeah, cool. And before I also we want to say, go ahead, go ahead. I feel like you may, may have been mentioning what I was about to mention, so keep going. No, well, I was going back to the the guy, the Nightwind assassin. So oh, there's no there's no rancor in the pit, mm-hmm. but he gets killed off five minutes later. Yeah, he does. So the <laughs> illusion that there's still a rancor in the pit is alive. So I don't think we've seen the end of the pit. Just throwing mm. that out there. Oh, that is he, an interesting he thought. He didn't get to talk to anybody. So, you know, mm. he could have mouthed off the whole way to the mayor's office, but he didn't. So, you know, there's nice little thought. Just throwing that in there for fun, yeah. you know. Hmm, that's it that was okay it. <laughs> okay okay well that wasn't what i was about to say so i'll just real quickly say i it. told you what, I knew uh, what. <laughs> the mustache dude the receptionist <laughs> I, I can't that lie guys awesome. i can't lie guys that kind of took me out of it for a second <laughs> <laughs> so it was so ridiculous it was like how how would somebody react in real life to that it, it was very much you know, Earth going to Mos Espa is what yeah. it was. Well, but it's so, was funny so funny because Boba's like, he, he's just like, okay, no, I'm just doing my own thing. And the mustache guy realizes, okay, I, ha- I have no chance with this. I'm just stepping away. I don't yep. get paid enough for this job to care about this, whatever. <laughs> yep. <laughs> he could quit. I'll go Moisture Farm. I can, that's so much easier than yeah, this is all absolutely. he's thinking. <laughs> all right. Well, we get inside the mayor's chambers. And again, the mayor, We this was revealed in chapter one the name is mock shies uh but we do finally get confirmation that it is in fact that ithorian that we've seen heavily in teasers and in trailers and like you mentioned he one of the soldiers kills the assassin and reveals that the order of the nightwind are only allowed to operate inside hut space kind of interesting tidbit of information uh, there to continue yes. on just to kind of mention the rest of the scene and then we'll kind of discuss it uh, Boba takes payment for bringing the assassin as a tribute and threatens the mayor basically to begin to start treating him as the daimyo that he's saying that he is but the mayor kind of questions him and he's telling Boba basically to not assume that he's the one that sent that assassin and then this last bit of advice kind of I didn't know what to think when I heard it but it was very interesting. He says running a family is more complicated than bounty hunting and tells him to go to Garza's sanctuary. DJ, yes. overall thoughts on this scene. Before I pass it to you, though, I'm just going to say I was mm-hmm. very much 
captivated and I, I am very much invested now in this underworld kind of power trip that we are dealing right. with right now in the present day timeline of the book of Boba Fett. Well, let me borrow something from recency. Um, if, if you're like me and you saw Spider-Man No Way Home, you probably did some Spider-Man rewatching. Um, I did rewatch uh, Spider-Man Homecoming, and that's where we meet the shocker. And the shocker kind of bows up to Vulture in that movie. And then Vulture disintegrates him, basically. And he's no more. So I bring that up because Boba is very quickly entering into a world where he could, I love Boba, and I don't want to see him die. But he's entering into a place in his power-hungry moves that could have him being killed very quickly. And it's because he's used to walking in you know take names kick butt and move on but that's not how a crime lord works you know if you watch even clone wars and see how jabba pulls the strings in the episodes that he's in in clone wars you very quickly see that it takes a lot of effort and that's just in the star wars universe i mean you can look at other mob movies and other mafia movies where you could see a bodyguard try to work his way up and take out the boss or another boss from the inside out it never works he always ends up sleeping with the fishes if you will so boba needs to tread lightly and i think that's what the advice is here from mayor mock chase 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 i don't know how to say it yet yeah. does it matter it <laughs> yeah. never i've learned it doesn't it's, matter with star wars names it doesn't it does. guys it, it i mean <laughs> han han you never han, it, it, it is what Leia, it is Leia. just say it have fun with it and move yeah. on <laughs> yep it all it's always that way so it, that's what i'm thinking so far about the about the mayor as far as what his warning or it's not even i don't think it's it's advice it's a warning it's a it's it's a warning like in the in the form of of advice and i right. guess sometimes they're one and the same i think in this instance they're they're kind of one and the same so yeah um, it, it's interesting i can't wait to see what else they do uh, oh gosh! That, as far oh, as that goes, we're—I definitely don't think we're done with him visiting the mayor. Hopefully, no. I don't know if they're going to be able to have that mayor because it's all CG. I'm assuming or motion capture or something no, going that on mayor, there. No, that mayor is in a costume. Is it okay? Okay. Um, yeah, it that, might be difficult feels- to kind of have him up and about. That's that's all kind of what I'm thinking about with that. So I'm thinking we Maybe, might go. Yeah to that chamber a little bit more but we'll see we'll see i definitely don't think we're done with the mayor definitely don't think we're done with major domo all great things going on in this scene this does though boba this does entice him to go to garza he listens to that kind of threat slash advice and visits him a great moment here because inside this little meeting that he has with Garza, we get a, a uh, planet drop of Mustafar because Boba's like, look, you're obviously nervous because you're sweating like you're there. Yes. Um, and this, then this quote, which again, in the moment, I didn't really know what she, what Garza was talking about, but the quote yeah. says the twins have laid claim to their late cousin's bequest. And then Boba, that entices Boba to say the twins are preoccupied with the debauchery of Hutta to bother with any ambitions on Tatooine. So Boba is well aware of these twins. He name drops Hutta, which or planet drops Hutta, which makes us think, yeah. okay, Huts are probably involved somehow. So Boba's well yeah. aware of these two twins. We, as Star Wars fans, though, have not been aware of these two twins. At least I haven't been. If there's no. a Star Wars fan out there that no, knows about it, please come and talk to us. Uh, but before yes. we kind of get to the hut moment, what did you think of the Garza moment? Because I, this is kind of what I wanted to come back to that I mentioned earlier. So right. I'll pass it to you and, and you share your thoughts on this scene. Sure. I'll pass it back in just a second because I don't have a whole lot except that I really think that she she definitely looked nervous. Um, she definitely looked nervous when Boba walked in. Initially, I thought she was nervous just to see Boba. But then she says, you haven't heard? As in to say, like, you're, you're missing something. And I'm like, well, as a viewer, I think that's what we're all supposed to do. I'm like, what are, we, what are we missing here? And then the name drop of the twins – my first thought is it's not Luke and Leia. 
you know yeah the most famous i mean i was like there's no way it's luke and leia it just says that the context didn't make sense so i was like okay this the okay there's two sons on tatooine no that doesn't make sense so i was like it's got to be two new people and then you hear the drums and then that's when they walk outside and you see mm-hmm. the first little corner of the litter and then there's the two huts. Um, yeah. Now you said you had something on Garza Whip. I don't want to get to the huts just yet. So go go to that. I want to hear what you have to say on that. Well, and and Miss Sunflower, you mentioned it. And by the way, I'm glad that you're here again. We appreciate you yes. continuing to show up. Miss Sunflower kind of mentioned it here. I was of the belief that Garza Whip was going to be on the side of Boba Fett. I'm no longer of that opinion anymore. Ooh, I think interesting. I think that she she as well as everyone else around keeps mentioning you should be arriving on a litter. Uh, I think that she's one of those that doesn't want this change that Boba is trying to bring. She's obviously successful. She's bringing in the riches. Uh, and I've seen a heavy theory online where she knew what she was doing when she loaded Boba's helmet up with new Republic credits before they went out there in that oh, first man. chapter. I really do think that at this point, Garza Whip is not on Boba Fett's side. I think that she's enjoying the riches that she is getting from. Yes, and I also agree with Miss Sunflower. I believe she's secretly also working for the Huts as well. I think everyone kind of involved, the mayor, Garza Whip, all of them are are well aware of the Hut twins. So that's kind of what I wanted to mention about Garza before we moved forward to the litter moment. Thoughts on that, though? I think I think Boba is definitely learning so much right now. Like you meant you keep mentioning the litter and then you mention how the mayor may be involved with the Huts and Garza Foot may be involved with the Huts. Remember, as story as viewers of, of the story, we are technically in Boba's shoes. That's how the, they're. They, it's clear that they're writing it from this perspective. They want us to know about Boba and reveal everything else as we go forward. So when when they're when they're when you're in Boba's shoes, so to speak, what's happening is they're they're basically saying he's just trying to learn how this all works together because he doesn't know. That's what's important. He doesn't know how it all works together yet. He's still trying to learn and figure that out because he hasn't figured it out yet um neither have we so garza i think is involved with the huts for sure however i think she's just perfectly comfortable paying whoever she needs to pay Mm. because clearly she's she's getting money and she's making bank here at the sanctuary and things are moving on up and and she's she's moving on up in a lot of different ways so i'm pretty sure that she is you know just trying to play both sides so i'm not totally sold she's leaving the whole mm-hmm. alliance situation with Boba. I think she's loyal, but I think she's loyal to literally anybody who's a threat to her. I think, I think that's, case. that's possible. That's certainly possible too. I yeah. could see it playing out that way as well. She's probably just yeah. on the fence. She's just going to be friendly with whoever's showing the most power and strength at the moment. That's yes. certainly a possibility. I kind of like that as well. Okay. So let's get to this moment uh, where we start to hear the drumming and immediately we kind of, know that somebody or something big is going to be revealed and guys i've been saying this for some reason there for a second i thought somehow it was going to connect to crimson dawn that was probably just wishful thinking on my part but you know (laughs) we'll see we'll see uh so the drumming begins and from the corner we see the litter and we see two huts are being brought through the streets now this moment i threw me off because I, I wasn't even considering Huts showing up, but I absolutely loved it because it fits the story that's being told. It makes sense yeah. now that I don't know what has gone on these past five years, but it makes sense that if there are, in fact, Huts still out there, they would want to lay claim to what Jabba had set up and established on Tatooine and specifically on Moss Espa. So I want some more family connections and history here because we know that these two are cousins of Jabba. It was great, though. It was great. And and I feel like we just have to go ahead and mention this. The black Wookiee that we now know is Black Carsantin, which is from a comic book series, was great. Me and DJ were kind of talking about this before we went live. That was fan service done 
correctly because those that are yes. big time comic book readers got a massive thrill from this. But those that have no clue who this character was also got a massive thrill from this because that yes. Wookiee looks intense. Okay, what do you think of all this street stuff going down? Well, first of all, I didn't even know there were any uh, huts still alive. Okay, I, yeah. I figured, I figured because of Clone Wars, they're all dead except for Jabba by Clone Wars standards. But by the time you get to this point in the story, Jabba's dead. So I'm out here thinking, there's no more huts. And I just kind of have lived by that assumption for, I guess, my most of my life. Yeah. So it just it's just so strange to think that there are two new huts. What I do love about this is that it gives me hope for a Jabba in a flashback. Ooh, that's oh, I like that. I like that. I've always <laughs> I've been wanting a Jabba in a flashback. If it wasn't Jabba done for solo, a solo project, it I would love uh java here in in the background you know as a as a flashback from the uh what i saw on twitter being referred to as the flashback to tank <laughs> yeah um, i've seen that too i, love I that. thought that was fantastic <laughs> so which is also a nice connection to clone war season six with yoda and i'll just leave it at that but um because yoda's visions and whatnot in those final episodes of season six are just dope but i want to go back and read xdo12's comment from the top of the chat yeah he said um, he he wasn't sure that they, I'm assuming he means Lucasfilm, Star Wars producers for live action, cared about the comics since they've retconned the Canon comics in Bad Batch. But uh, Black uh, K, he calls the Wookiee, appearing reassured me and gives him hope for Dr. Afra. And Dr. Afra is a is a hot topic right now in a lot of places. The mm -hmm. hardcore fans want to know more about the girl on the speeder bike. I have a feeling we will meet her in the next episode personally. So okay. um, that's, that, that's, I'll leave it at that because we do predictions on Tuesdays. So come back on Tuesday for our chapter three productions. I'll be here unless my wife goes into labor, which is any day now, by there the way. There you go. So and, and by the way, that yeah. means that uh, if, if DJ's not here, I'm going to need some help from live chat folks. So make that's, sure that you're, very you're showing true. up. Very true. <laughs> yes. Y'all be here for Caleb when I'm, when I can <laughs> And if I'm in the hospital, I'll just be in the chat too. So we'll <laughs> there go. you go. Unless that's if the baby's born. That's if the baby's born. But anyway, um, I, I I know they retconned some of the Canaan comics, but they didn't they didn't change too much. They just, from what I understand, Canaan's origins from Order sixty six, they merged two clone characters to become one clone character for Bad Batch, from my understanding. And that mm. that's based on several months ago's knowledge. So who knows if that's even accurate? Yeah. So. I wouldn't necessarily call it a retcon. I would just call it an adjustment. I'm okay with adjustments, but with black, uh, God, wait, I got to learn this guy's name. Carsantin. Yeah. Carsantin. That's, <laughs> that's black Carsantin over there. <laughs> no, but oh, all, man. In all that in name all fits us Southern American folk perfectly. <laughs> those there. And I know we Carsantin. have a couple of UK. I know we've got a couple of UK viewers. And so like, if you're just not familiar with a Southern accent and you hear us say black car, Santa, you know, <laughs> I'm sure you're rolling, but anyway, um, I love that they're bringing this in here. And I wanted to refer back to that comment before we move forward, but all of this is great. It's cool. It's different. It's weird. And I love yeah. when star Wars is weird. I, I, there's another podcast I listen to that I just love the way they talk about the weird stuff in Star Wars. Mm. And I tweeted at them this, this past week, and I thought, man, you guys are probably losing your minds in this episode, is what I was thinking this whole time. So, um, but anyway, at any rate, um, I, I, I think, you know, and I've said this to several friends of mine, and I said this to Caleb, I think we've all kind of collectively crapped our pants after watching this episode. Like, I, I did. I was, I was like, I can't, I can't even believe what I'm seeing. And this Wookiee was just like the icing on the cake, you know, yeah. for me in yeah. so many ways. It's so, too cool. Yeah. So let me just read a little bit of information about this Wookiee that Boba recognizes as a gladiator. Um, I wanted to speak yeah. on that because I know we have listeners that that don't like research like, oh, who is this character or things like that. So I just wanted to give some background information on this Wookiee real quickly. Uh, the Hut Twins Wookiee bounty hunter is Black Car Santon, a key character in Marvel's Dr. Afra series and other comics. He worked for Jabba the Hutt in the era of the Empire as well as Darth Vader. 
During this part of his career, he also fought Han Solo and Chewbacca. Black Car Santin was a brutal fighter, whether in hand-to-hand combat or with his species' signature weapon, the Bowcaster. Certainly interesting. And something else that I want to point out, too, before we move on, was that Boba and Black Car Santin do, in fact, have a history, a past together. And again, this was something that me and DJ were kind of talking about off air. The way that Black Car Santin kind of gives him an eyebrow lift uh, there before he walks away, it's kind of like, what's up, man? Yeah, you know, you know who I am. I'll see you around. Yeah, I'll see you around, dude. I I loved it. I loved that little moment. Again, it it just made me grin from from ear to ear whenever I saw that. It it just felt so Star Wars like it. It's goofy, but it's so Star Wars. And and that's why I felt so happy in that moment. Well, when I when I first saw him and he gave Boba the look, my thought was, (laughs) okay, you don't look like your average Wookiee. And I'll be honest with you. The eyebrows kind of throw me off just to be (laughs) real honest. Okay. okay. That that was a thing for me that, and it looked a little, and obviously it's a comic character brought into live action. So seeing this, you know, they have to do certain things with comics to make him look more realistic in the comics. So the eyebrows kind of had me thrown. Mm -hmm. Um, So, but after watching it a couple of times and, and seeing it and seeing it more, I mean, I've seen on the internet like a hundred times at this point, (laughs) um, which I'm now convinced spoilers are unavoidable on Twitter. Yeah, by absolutely. The way. They are. But um, <laughs> so if you're trying to avoid spoilers, just don't get on Twitter is all I got to say. Good luck. That one. <laughs> Big time. So anyway, I, I just think he, he, the first thing after notice of the eyebrows were the eyes. Mm. The, uh, this is the clearest eyes I've seen on a Wookiee ever, except for The Last Jedi. Chewbacca's eyes in The Last Jedi were pretty crisp and, and look good especially when he's trying to eat the pork um which i wish he'd ate more porks i hate the porks yes you heard it here i hate porks okay oh, man all you pork lover oh man I hate porks they're the worst thing ever i like them they're I like mind they're, they're penguin seagulls and they just i don't know like seagulls are just rats with wings and porks are just annoying and hater whatever <laughs> we're not talking about porks because they weren't in this episode but anyway um this this thing is cool like mm-hmm. this is the epitome. This isn't even like a walking carpet, like Leia says about what like about Chewie. It's like, what is it? It's like a walking like shag carpet rug. I don't know. It just it's sure. huge. I, I don't know how to how to really comprehend it, but I do know that I do not want to see this thing in a dark alley at night. Oh, or absolutely not. Whatever. And the, the only other thing that I'll say about about Black Car Santon is we're going to see him again. And secondly, I really better hope fight. to see him fight Boba Fett. Man, that it would better. be really cool. A hand-to-hand Wookiee versus Mandalorian, whether he's a Mando or not, it, it doesn't matter because then, you know, the jetpack's going to get pulled out and all this really crazy stuff's going to happen and it's going to be a blast. I want yeah. to just, I, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not the person who roots for a fight, but I love watching stuff fight. <laughs> and I love Wookiees. The idea of a Wookiee fighting Boba Fett is just like, yeah, I can't even, I can't even handle it. No, I agree. I agree. Well, certainly this scene in the streets ends up kind of setting up this eventual conflict of the right for that throne as Daimyo of Moss Espa. Now, question that i put here in the notes it says is the request that garza discusses that jabba's power is passed on to his cousins i that bequest that she kind of mentioned there uh i think that we've certainly kind of answered that question i think that that's what the huts are expecting probably what's happening uh, yeah. that that it's kind of like a family thing and i'm always yeah. a big fan of of kind of a, a battle for a throne and the and the drama for that you know, I'm a, a massive Game fan of, of Game of Thrones, so I, I'm subscribing to this little thing that we've got going on here in this little underworld it is, it is stuff that we've a power got. Struggle. Yeah, yeah. Well, and the only be, other thing, the power struggle is so cool. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> the only other thing that I wanted to mention before that kind of ends our present day discussion is that Boba and Finnick appear to go straight back to the sanctuary before we flash to Boba in the Bactopod for a flashback. So I'm assuming so far the Book of Boba Fett continues to pick up right where we left off. So I'm assuming that we might start in the sanctuary next week. We'll see. That might be something that we discuss on Tuesday's prediction episode 
So stick around for that. Make sure you're subscribed to the YouTube channel for that because we're live at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time to do our chapter predictions. Okay. It's exclusive on Tuesdays to YouTube. That is true. That is true. All right. Let's transition now to the flashback moment. We have one flashback scene or story in this entire episode, but it took a lot of the episode timing. Uh, So we'll try to get through it. We'll try to get through it together. Okay. We kind of start with Boba being trained by the awesome female Tusken Raider Raider warrior. This is one of the characters that kind of stole the show with this one. Um, And then suddenly kind of while this training is going on, a train then comes rushing through the sands of Tatooine and kills some Tusken Raiders and a Bantha man. And man, that was tough to see. That Bantha kind of got, uh, well, actually, take that back. Now that I think about it, did the Bantha die or did it just get hurt severely? Oh, no, it shot and killed. Yeah, that, okay. that is that is now Bantha steak. They're going to eat really well for a little bit. <laughs> okay. just wanna, I mean, look, I would eat a Bantha steak. I just want to put that out there. I would it, eat it. It probably, it probably would be pretty good. Probably they're, the be cow, pretty good. they're the cow Star Wars, okay? I'm going to leave it at that. <laughs> okay. Well, what Boba then decides to do is he wants to go after uh, the criminals from chapter one because he sees them traveling on those speeders. And I, I'm thinking he's thinking that yeah. if he can handle them, he can get some equipment for the Tuscan Raiders to get, uh, I guess, revenge on the group that was inside that train. So we get this yeah. moment where Boba treks to, you better believe it, Tashi Station. We finally see this location and yeah. also guess who's there cammy cammy and fixer man cammy and fixer it was awesome it was I, awesome I was so surprised speak to this just, scene uh we get boba kind of just wrecking shop once he shows up what did you think of this moment it was it was great because it was a culmination of the story from chapter one and also chapter 14 of mando season two we got to see this nice middle section of where Boba was coming out of the Sarlacc pit versus where Boba is in Mandalorian. So it's, it's really nice to see that the training paid off in a way that benefited not just Boba's character, but also some people within the story. Um, and it can be in fixer being there. was just perfect. I mean, and Boba, he, it's nice to see that Boba is kind of true to his character as he was in Clone Wars. Boba was not up to, you know, he didn't want to be the guy who was uh, doing slave trading, essentially. He was just like, I'm just trying to earn a buck. And he's still the kind of the same way, even now, at whatever age he's at this point. He's still just a guy trying to earn a buck. And while he's trying to make a buck, he's okay with tearing up some gang members, which... That's how I prefer my Boba. I like Boba to tear up gang members. I think it's fantastic. It's good stuff. So yeah. to me, this whole scene was incredible. And um, I just couldn't believe it was Tashi Station. You know, honestly, I, know. I, was, I just can't believe this is Tashi Station. I can't believe we're actually at Tashi Station. Yeah. And it just a little it seemed sad so natural. Power converters. It did seem, <laughs> yeah. it did seem natural. No, I'm just, I, I kind of wanted like, like on the shelf, if there was like, I don't know what, now I see Tashi Station is like a restaurant, but or maybe it's like a restaurant and store. Who knows? I was really hoping to see like on the shelf something that looked like a cylinder and it just say in like uh, Orabesh power converters and people talk about it was what I was hoping, mm. but it didn't, that didn't, that obviously didn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Well, uh, and tangent, but whatever. <laughs> I also wanted to mention before we left this scene too, that I also thought that this was a second perfect execution of fan service. Cause again, they don't name drop them, but us as star mm-hmm. Wars people, we know that that's them. But then people that, that don't know all the small details and the deleted scene from a new hope, they can still enjoy the moment and not feel like they're missing anything out. So I thought the execution of yes. all of that was great. Now Boba and ends up. What what you got? Just gonna, they did the same thing with the Wookiee. It's it. They're doing it with Tashi Station. They did it with the Wookiee. They executed it perfectly. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So Boba ends up taking the speeders. He takes them to his uh, Tusken Raider tribe, and he begins to start to train them to use these 
speeders and this leads to quite comedic moments uh i think right now big time the thing going around on twitter at least is the like a bantha kind of bouncing up and down like that, that that boba does there for a minute it was great yeah, i loved great, this i loved it i thought it was I hilarious was awesome. <laughs> I, 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 like i said the humor in this we've had two or three beats of humor that were just insane they're perfect people are talking about it that's what you want with a show like this you want people to talk about it if this director what was her name again uh um, steph green steph green if steph green comes back and does star wars forever if she does star wars until she's gone and we're all gone I, it was perfect it was just absolutely perfect i thought everything she did with the humor side of things is perfect so you can see me on twitter talking about <laughs> The droid drummer, whose name I've already forgotten. Sorry, RFB, because he sent it to me on Twitter. And Boba <laughs> riding like a bantha. That's all I'm going to talk about from here on out. Is just there you go. <laughs> there you go. Well, we get a, a bunch of different training shots. Like another one that, that comes to my mind that was funny is when one of the speeders goes over one of the Tuscans whenever he falls off. <laughs> that so was hilarious. Funny. It was all just gold. The way that the 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 comedy that ensued from this training moment was absolutely great. And but can we talk about how we called that though? Yeah, that was and, wild. And, <laughs> and we like, listen, we don't, we're not called it people. I'm never like a called it culture person. I never have been, but like you said, whatever you said on Tuesday about Tuscans and going to the Toshi station and everything is a prediction. I was like, what if they steal the speeders? And then when it <laughs> happened, I was like, that was when I crapped my pants, by the way. I was like, oh, my gosh. I can't believe they're riding speeders. And, like, this inner part of me, my early 2000s action figure guy. I mean, I've got action figures back here for crying out loud. But, you know, I, I want Tuscans on on speeders so bad. I'm going to buy the toy. I've already just, like, I'm buying the toy. I, I have to have it when it comes out. It's too cool. I had to yeah. throw that in there because it was so exciting. No, absolutely. I mean, it was pretty wild that we even mentioned that during the Tuesday prediction thing. And, and we actually saw it happen like that. That is pretty crazy. Uh, next thing here in this episode, after we get over the training moments, the train arrives and Boba and company begin their approach and attack. So I'm just going to run through kind of the scene here and then we're just going to discuss it kind of overall it is revealed that it is pikes on the train the female tuscan raider warrior warrior arrives and absolutely wrecks again great 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 action uh from this character a droid conductor is revealed and i'm going to come back to a question with that whenever we see the the oh, what's the what's what's the i don't know my train anatomy right now where, where the oh the conductor is what's that what's that the place called the locomotive locomotive i don't know i need to watch thomas and tank engine or something I i'm missing it <laughs> i don't know trains <laughs> boba makes his way to the front of the train and the droid conductor bounces kind of crawls away kind of like i got grievous vibes whenever so i saw weird. that it was weird uh, yeah and boba does in fact end up stopping the train so overall dj what did you think of just like the action the sh the shots and what ensued whenever they were trying to take over that train like I said on Tuesday, we're pulling from two genres in this show, mafia and cowboy movie. And this was this was a love letter to all Western fans. And George Lucas is a Western fan. John Favreau is a Western fan. It doesn't even surprise me for a second that John Favreau wrote in a train sequence. I loved it. It reminded me so much of Back to the Future 3, which is an underrated film. I just want to throw that in there. I feel like so many people hate on that movie. The engine? Is it called the engine, the front of the train? I don't know. I don't know. Because <laughs> RFB just said the engine. I have no idea. Somebody needs to let us know what that. I know what the back is. The back's a caboose. Yeah. I don't, yeah. And, and then train cars uh, or box cars anyway. No, this was awesome. Um, I want to, I mentioned it in the chat, but Joanna Bennett is the, the actress playing the, the Tuscan female warrior. Good call. And, and I just want to also throw in, I looked at a little bit of her filmography earlier this week or yesterday, I guess it was. And she has been a stunt woman on, she's been a double for Captain Marvel and Wonder Woman. Mm. Okay. And she's also been a background um, Amazon in Wonder Woman. So she, she's, she is, we're looking at 
Wonder Woman and Captain Marvel in Star Wars. There so you go. like this, she's done all three MCU, DC, Star Wars. She all she needs now is the, her Lord of the Rings and Game of Thrones badges, and she's done it all. If she doesn't already have her uh, Game of Thrones badge, she might. I don't know. But I, I just thought, man, this whole sequence was awesome. There was humor in it, mm-hmm. which I love because I it kind of it took the stress off and then brought me yeah. back. It just I, it was a nice level of things. I died laughing whenever the the warrior popped up for some reason. The, the image when you pulled the image up on on YouTube, I just yeah, I kind of laughed. I was like, oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like a Jack in the Box and Elf. It was and it was like she was looking like, okay, what do I need to do next? And she like interpreted yes. what she needed to do next, and she just went and kept doing it. It was it was great. <laughs> it was great. It was good stuff. I, I loved every second of it. Uh, the question oh. though that I had here that I wanted to discuss was for some reason I, this might be way off, but whenever they showed how the train was being powered, I thought of the way that the coaxium looked from Solo, and that kind of connects yeah. there to the Pikes. Um, uh, that was just a question that I had in the notes. Was that train being powered by coaxium? I don't know. Potentially. Why not? That's what I'm going to say currently, though. That's just going to be my own headcanon that there's a little connection there to Solo, a Star Wars story, that that train is, in fact, being powered by that. Fair enough. Fair enough. A, Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> okay. In case you weren't here, in case you weren't here Tuesday, a hard fair enough <laughs> and a light fair enough two very different things yeah leave it at that go back and watch our tuesday show (laughs) there you go there you go okay so next up they like us like we mentioned the train gets stopped the tuscans raid the train boba speaks to the pikes as if he has some familiarity with them at least that's kind of the vibes that i got which would certainly make sense and i'm sure there might be some comic connections there i'm not deep into the comics uh frequently like i look up things whenever i hear about important things going on but i don't really have the opportunity to read them so i'm sure that he's ran into the pikes at some point it is revealed that the pikes were hauling sansana spice from kessel and again, a great connection there to Solo, a Star Wars yes. story. Uh, Boba informs them that they must pay the Tusken Raiders if they are to pass on the sands of the Dune Sea anymore. Loved that. Again, Boba's kind of establishing himself here, kind of as like the guy on Tatooine here. I know it's still he's a the, flashback. He's like the major domo for the Tuskens. Yeah. Point. And I'm loving it. I'm loving it. Uh, let's see here. Boba lets them go under the protection of the Tuscans to go back to their syndicate to present the terms he has given. I love this. Uh, one thing that I want to mention about the Pikes, though, for some reason, like the visual of them, it keeps changing. Like, I felt like they look different in Solo. They definitely look completely different than what they look like in the Clone Wars. I know that that's not really a live action type of thing that they could mimic that the way that they look in the clone wars but they keep changing kind of the look on them a little bit thoughts on that well well let's let's think about this solo takes place 10 years before a new hope and where we're at in book of boba fett is five years after a new hope that's 15 years uh now let's look at earth do you wear the same clothes you wore 15 years ago no (laughs) i'm just style change it's just style change they can still be the pikes in and look different in different eras i mean jabba didn't look well i mean jabba did i guess technically look the same from episode one to episode six other than being digital versus puppet but for the most part style can change um Mm. to a certain degree even if you look at the background characters on tatooine they look a little bit different than they did in a new mm-hmm. hope. And they look a little bit different than they did in Phantom Menace. So style is changing. So I'll give, I'll go with the real world practicality on that one uh, from a storytelling and behind the scenes standpoint, but you're right. If you, if you don't think about it from that angle, it does look different. They don't look like they do. They definitely don't look like they do in Clone Wars and Clone Wars are like seven foot tall and real lanky. <laughs> and so, yeah, yeah. These guys are like five foot, six foot people and they don't look, they look like humans, you know, it, it very clearly mm-hmm. is a human in a, in a, a costume. So, yeah. And it does look different from solo too. So, you know, a lot of different things happening here. Absolutely. Well, listen, all of that kind of action, I thought it was great. The whole train moments. And, and again, 
the the crime syndicate action here going on between Boba and the Pikes. I absolutely loved those moments. It, it, good soup. Good soup. Good, good soup. <laughs> uh, they kind of go back to camp. It's revealed kind of in this conversation that they're having that there are many different Tuscan Raider tribes that are kind of different all in their own way. Some tribes kill, as we've seen in Attack of the Clones, potentially. Some tribes just, I don't know, they just do their own thing. I think it's safe to say now as Star Wars fans, we just need to come to terms that Tuscan Raiders, they're all kind of different in their own way. Sometimes we might come across Tuscan Raiders that want to absolutely destroy you. Sometimes we'll come across Tuscan Raiders that, want to bring you a part of their crew who knows we'll see but i'm loving this kind of tuscan raider culture deep dive little thing that we're getting here in the book of boba fett but also in this moment they give boba this gift of a lizard and i didn't really know where this was heading for a second but it heads to something pretty pretty cool the lizard kind of goes inside of boba through the nostrils and then this vision kind of occurs or it causes boba to hallucinate and it leads to a lot a lot of great visuals and great shots so i'll just run through them and then again we will discuss uh we see him kind of back in his original trilogy styled armor we see a tree in the ocean of camino red eyes watching him at the tree the tree then kind of mimics the sarlacc Young Boba watching his father fly the slave one on Camino, and then Boba breaks a tree limb and the waters of Camino crash. All of that stuff kind of happened during this hallucination vision kind of thing that was going on. And I really think if we were to dive super deep, I think there's a lot of stuff going on here. I think this might be just a representation, and this is just my own personal headcanon. This is not this is not truth. This is just my interpretation right now. I think this is somehow representing Boba breaking free from his past, potentially like breaking free away from this whole clone connection or this whole like, oh, I got to worry about my Mandalorian connections. Got to worry about my connections to Django. I got to worry about being a bounty hunter for Jabba. I think maybe symbolically, at least he's just breaking those connections and he's establishing himself as his own dude, his own guy, a clean reset. He doesn't have to be this ruthless, just kill everybody in the way kind of character that so many fans have believed this character only is, which I'm glad we're kind of getting away from that and we're getting to dive sure. deep into really who is Boba. I think that's what this is representing. That might be super deep. That might not be exactly what that vision or hallucination is trying to portray, but that's what I kind of took from it. Thoughts on that? I think you are onto something, certainly. I really do think that you're onto something good, and I think you're onto something huge that's going to be very telling. Um, and you're right. We could dive into this for, I think, another hour, just this yeah, little could. segment. <laughs> I, re I really think we could, but we're not going to do that. And I don't think anybody really wants us to do that. So maybe you do. I don't know. Let us know. But um, I, th I love so much about this. Um, the lizard, that whole sequence with the hallucinating very much reminded me of young guns when they all mm. uh, consume some peyote and they end up in the spirit world. Yeah. <laughs> and if you're unfamiliar with that scene, that is some of the greatest stuff ever and then it, it's just wild so it reminded me a lot of young guns which i thought was hilarious but the biggest thing to me was camino going back to camino for a second episode in a row seeing daniel logan baby daniel logan as boba fett again was just fantastic reflected in the window um it, it just floored me i thought it was absolutely amazing that they did that and now watching slave one fly away tells me we may get a Django Fett flashback. And, okay, speak. Uh, what makes you think that? Why would they show Baby Boba looking at Slave One flying away? I mean, other than mm. just for him to process his emotions. I mean, that's fine, I guess. I mean, work out your stuff. But um, in this sense, I'm like, no, let's. This is going to lead. I think I I wasn't thinking we'd see Django. Although it's easy to make Django come back, he's right there. Sure. Um, but. You know, I, I, after seeing that, it's like, okay, this may be connecting back to some major things. And I think Django may kind of show up. So, um, and I see everybody in the chat talking about the tree. I didn't know that the tree existed in other, other 
form of storytelling until this. Oh, it so does? I'm going to have to, that's what everybody in the chat's saying. A lot of people are saying, yeah, the tree Tatooine, the one tree is, and, um, you know, RFB says that the ta- the tree is where all the gaffy sticks come from, but I just assumed all the, all up to this time, the gaffy sticks were just, you know, pieces of metal or something. Mm. So everybody over here is talking about like, it's some kind of a, a very special tree. And I didn't know that. And somebody else mentions the normal animals in Star Wars. I mean, lizards don't crawl into people's minds and and make you have hallucinations. So I'm going to go with that's new. And that <laughs> rat, it, it's normal, I guess. But the only other time we see normal animals in, in Star Wars live action is in um, the Ewok movies on uh, Disney+. Plus. So mm. if you want to see a goat in Star Wars, go watch those. <laughs> yeah. But uh, anyway, the tree is interesting. I need to do some research on this tree. Yeah, certainly. Out what's going on there? I do think you're onto something big though with Boba. He's working out some things. He's, mm-hmm. he's processing some new new things, and he's trying to get over it. Yeah, something. and it, we're getting we're getting deep. It's okay. We we might go a little over time. Um, I think this might just be a if they're not going to outright answer it. I think this is a subtle answer as to why it takes Boba Fett five years to want to go and get his armor back. I think he's to the point this again, these visuals are showing Boba is breaking free of his past. He's becoming his own dude. And he's not worried about the armor right now. He's worried about, okay, what's going to make me a better, I don't know, individual crime Lord, uh, whatever he wants to be. He's free to make his own decision at this point. Everyone that he used to work for gone dead, or at least he thinks in this moment. Uh, But, that's just kind of what I'm thinking. I think that's kind of the answer. Maybe they'll answer it. Maybe not. Maybe it's just my own headcanon until proven otherwise. He's not really worried about his past anymore, and that's why it takes him so long to finally catch up to Cobb Vanth with his armor and care about getting it back. I don't know. Maybe I'm reaching because he does kind of seem very passionate about getting his father's armor back in Mando Season 2. I don't know. Maybe he's just hitting pause on that to take some inner reflection. Who knows? Who knows? I have a theory, but I'm going to save it for Tuesday. Okay. Because it, I think it's it, it involves a prediction I have, and I don't want to relinquish that just yet. Okay, fair uh, enough. I'll t- I can tell Caleb later, but I can't tell y'all. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. Okay. Next up in the episode, Boba returns to camp, seemingly at this point officially part of the tribe, if he wasn't already, with that branch yeah. from the tree and the lizard exits through his nose boba is given his black robes that we've seen him wear and and put on in the mandalorian season two it was a very kind of ritual kind of moment here it seemed like it was very important that he was getting these uh robes great scene that we got there um and then next we get him creating his own gaffy stick using that same tree branch so a lot of just ritualistic kind of deep i don't know just great stuff just great stuff really i I don't know that's i know that's not good analysis folks but it was just great uh for some reason my emotional heartstrings were also kind of pulled here like he's being welcomed in by this tribe and he's fully accepting it and he's becoming just a better fighter and honestly a better dude by doing it so it was it was cool to see what do you think of the robe thing because i believe based off of an image you sent me you might be onto something uh with the way that he's putting those robes on uh and what did you think of the gaffy stick moment well the gaffy stick stuff was awesome it was the tuscan raider equivalent of watching a jedi create their lightsaber great call and 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 i just now came up with that i'm very proud of myself but um it, it was super hey, neat. everybody in the just, chat give a clap for dj for coming coming up with that <laughs> yeah, thank you appreciate it <laughs> but anyway it, it was very reminiscent of that and i um i i haven't done it in a very long time but i used to really enjoy doing woodworking and uh mm. it was nice to see stuff like that taking place um in in this episode so it was really cool and to watch it all kind of come together and it be the same gaffy stick from mando was great so it's it's a it's a really cool deal um and then oh there was something else you just said i've lost my train of thought but the the way he's putting his robes robes on the robes the robes going on were very similar to the droids um putting on 
his armor in the first chapter, which again, y'all come back Tuesday because I just keep coming up with these little <laughs> predictions as we're going. I've had to write them out. So I'll forget. There but, you go. Um, I think that this, this droid moment is very telling from this first chapter as it is now with the Tuscans dressing him here, uh, but very ritualistic for sure. And it, it's very cool to watch that happen and be it passed down to him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it, it was great. It, it was absolutely great. Um, and by the way, another great uh, chest jacked muscular dude moment in star I'm, wars with tamara i'm Morrison. so glad you said that it's like poetry it rhymes because we've got high-waisted pants boba and now we have and we also have high-waisted pants kylo ren so yeah. it's just i think kylo ren kylo ren had, had a conversation with boba fett and said hey what do you what do you dress like that and, and then boba goes oh i dress like this because yeah, guys that killed your great grandmother. <laughs> maybe, maybe they Star Wars is onto something. Maybe all of us dudes need to start wearing wearing really high waisted pants. We just need to only work <laughs> out the chest and the arms, and then just wear high waisted pants. That way, we all just look ripped all the time. Walk around like like this, you know, just be it'd be the best option, I think, at this point. It would hide my gut, that's for sure. <laughs> hey, we all need help, man. We all need help. <laughs> okay, very end of the episode here. Boba presents his weapon to the tribe leader, and a ritual around the fire begins. And that is that was what dope. ends the episode. But yeah, it was it was dope. It was dope. That was so cool. I mean, it was it was like it was kind of like a one of us, one of us, but it was, it was so beautiful. It was almost like I was watching a piece of culture I'd never seen before. Mm. Um, it was, it was so cool to me. And it was, it's so, so much of the Tuscan Raider stuff in these two episodes have reminded me of things I learned about native Americans when I was in school, um, as like a child. And this is just so, so neat to me. I'm so invested in this, in this Tuscan Raider culture I even saw one person on Twitter say something like, I'm starting to realize that the Tusken Raiders were never the actual bad guys of, mm. of, of Star Wars, but it was actually the Jawas. <laughs> and, um, and I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of agreeing that Jawas are turds. They just left Boba <laughs> for dead. And the Tuscans are like, we will show you how to make a stick. Yeah. <laughs> and and hey. just stuff like that is just really fun. Absolutely. Really fun. Absolutely. Well, listen, folks, that's the chapter. That is chapter two of the book of boba fett what's the title again uh the tribes of tatooine tribes yes. of tatooine i loved it certainly in my opinion i was a big fan of chapter one but i thought chapter two was an upgrade like i thoroughly and the, the runtime we didn't even touch on that no my yeah goodness. we talked about that you were like sitting at 46 i think and i said 42 we ended up with a 50 minute or 53 50, minute 53 runtime. minutes i couldn't believe I was, that that's the uh, yeah. longest that's the longest live action Disney plus star Wars content to date. I just thought that was incredible. Yeah. It, um, absolutely incredible. It's setting the stakes high folks. It's setting the stakes high. We'll see what comes and next, man. Not to mention all of your predictions came true. Yeah, yeah they did. They all did. of them. Yeah. Every single, I didn't want to, I didn't want to toot my own horn. You know that Well, I'm, <laughs> I'm sitting here tracking it as we're going through. And I, right now I'm sitting at, I think, two things i said came through i'm kind of going mm -hmm. back over it um they i got one of them just completely wrong i said the tuscan raiders will not accept boba until oh, yeah. chapter three he's big time accepted Definitely. like that is he could not be more a part of a part of the crew a part of the ship if i to borrow a um, part of the crew part of the ship part of the, borrow, part of the what ship. is that parts of the caribbean I need yeah. to watch part. I've, this, this is like the third, the third time. time yeah i know <laughs> I need to freaking guys. You can't make this up. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's funny. Well, anyway, um, I'm starting to kind of think that you know some of these things are not going to happen that I I kind of guesstimated on, uh, especially mm. on Tuesday. So, um, yeah. and I'm starting to think that Fennec Shand won't betray Boba. At a boy. So we'll, we'll At a boy. How that goes. And I mean, so many things I said were just off the wall. I need to really dumb down my expectations <laughs> and take a, I need to let's start listening to rural farm boy more and just like have no yeah. expectations about certain things. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. All right. Well, listen, folks, 
We appreciate you listening. And if you've made it this far, that means that you are a big time listener and we big time appreciate you. And by the way, if you want to hear our chapter three book of Boba Fett predictions, again, we are going to be live on Tuesday at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. So make sure that you are subscribed to our YouTube channel. Those predictions are exclusive to our YouTube channel. So if you're a podcast listener and you want to get on the fun, it's basically like a pregame. Like we're getting hyped up. We're getting warmed up for the book of Boba Fett newest chapter coming the next day. So come and spend that time with us. But like I've mentioned before, we're going to do news reports at the beginning of those. We will put those on our podcast platforms though. So you're not missing out anything. If you're on that, regardless, wherever you're listening, we greatly appreciate you. And I can't wait. I cannot wait to see chapter three. I am now hooked and I have to say this and I'll kind of, this will be my final comment and I'll pass it to you, DJ, to, to maybe share thoughts on what I say and then kind of say your final things. I am fine. I'm finding myself wanting so much present day stuff. Like I'm loving the, the flashback stuff. It's great. It's great getting these character moments, but man, I want to dive deep into this underworld power trip crime lord situation that they're brewing i really hope that chapter three spends more time in the present day but i'm, I'm loving what i'm getting i just i'm, I'm there i'm invested now so i want to keep seeing the present day stuff i'll kind of leave it at that dj thoughts on that and just any final things you want to say to our audience well i i think we'll see definitely some more um present day stuff as we should because there's still a lot left to unpack However, I think we will be spending a lot of time in the flashback to tank mm-hmm. um, some more next week. Yeah. So we'll we'll see. And uh, I've already written out some predictions. Really excited. <laughs> oh, let's go to to really talk about those on Tuesday. Um, force willing, if I'm able mm-hmm. to be there. So oh, we'll get them. Like if, I keep if saying, you're not able to be there, I'll we, send I, them. Will, I will read them for you for sure. I will send them to you. You you can read them in my stead. Yes. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but um, I, I guys love doing the show lo- love being a part of this and so thank y'all very much and we gained three subscribers over the last couple of days let's go so, um up to 131 before, let's get it before, at, before uh we we jumped in tonight so so thank you guys for continuing to be a part of this we very much appreciate it and um i guess that's all i have to say all righty that's all righty i got nothing else well let's get out of here we hope that you have a great weekend and we'll see you next week for more book of boba fett coverage and until next time as always we have spoken